Hello and welcome to Mentality. My name is Zach. My name is Camera. And today we will be discussing OCD with Brandon Russ. Thank you so much for joining us today. I ask him right as he takes a yeah. sip of our tea. <laughs> My first first sip of it as well. Um, uh, how was it? I didn't get a lot. It, it was okay because <laughs> I was introducing yeah, yeah, you. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, it just it. touched my tongue, and I was like, oh, I better stop this. <laughs> <laughs> but while we're on that topic, I wanted to introduce the tea that we're having today. Today we're having chat pop, which is actually it's been a while since we had. Yeah, this we had one. that one on synesthesia it. in season one. Yeah, yeah. So wow, good memory. Um, <laughs> that is definitely good. not. Right, now I've actually tasted it. Yeah. yeah it's good. <laughs> uh, so this one is smoky lapsung with bergamot and vanilla. It's a black tea with vanilla bean and all of that good stuff. So some caffeine today. I definitely need that. <laughs> so yeah, today, as we discussed, we are going to go into OCD and kind of uh, full disclosure, me and Brandon work together. So I just want everyone there to know that also full disclosure, I have a headache. So <laughs> which actually, now that I think about it, I don't know if I've ever heard a personality say, hey, I, I have a headache right now. They're always well, like, I'm I sick. <laughs> so yeah, I wanted to, I guess, first ask you kind of what what OCD is for the, the listeners out there what is what is it and then what does it mean to you yeah we'll try to keep this brief so we can get into the the more interesting the stuff. But yeah yeah but in, in a nutshell it's uh, OCD stands for obsessive compulsive disorder it's broken into two components your obsessions and then which are usually in the form of unwanted thoughts that will take place in the mind and then you have a compulsion which can sometimes be uh, some outward manifestation or physical act that you do to relieve the burden of the unwanted thought. But the compulsions don't have to be outward. Sometimes the compulsions themselves can also take place within the mind, which is actually what, what uh, we can get more into that later because that tends to be how it works. More how it works. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, so there's two components to it. There's the obsession and then there's the compulsion aspect of it. So from what I understand, the obsession part of it is the constant thought of it, right? Like it's just always there. There will right. be some thought, usually something you undesirable, something you don't want to think about, but the thought mm -hmm. enters and you start to ruminate on it. The very act of having the thought, simply trying to not think about it is causing you to continue oh, to yeah, think about the, it. And that, don't and think about that's the spiral kind of thing. That's the, exactly. That's mm -hmm. the spiral. And getting out of that is very difficult. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, don't think about the, purple what is elephant. it? Purple elephant. I don't know if it's pink. If it, if it's you know what? That elephant yeah. is always a different color. Every <laughs> Everyone has their own elephant, yep. their own color of what they can think about that, but they always do. I like how your elephant is purple though. It always is purple color. or teal. <laughs> it's a teal. Don't think about the teal elephant. And then the compulsion part of it is kind of of the would that be almost the release mechanism to try to get rid of the obsession part of it so i think that's a good way to put it it definitely yeah it's it's the release mechanism but the problem is it's never permanent it's always the obsession fleeting. always comes back yeah it's yeah. it's fleeting the more extreme someone has obsessive compulsive disorder I would say the shorter those windows of relief are and the harder to obtain they are. So for some people, the compulsion could just be like, oh, I just need to, you know, tap, tap and boom, the thought's gone for a while. Other people might be a three hour ritual to relieve some particular mm -hmm. worry or obsession. Um, and that's when it gets really debilitating. Yeah. For sure. Uh, and I know we, we talked about this a little bit of headed, uh, ahead of time, so I wanted to kind of reiterate it here. There are different types, right, yeah. of OCD, and you're what you said is pure O? Well, so I'm, I'm not an expert on this, but I've yeah. done research over the years. Um, uh, I guess you sh this would be a good time just to start and how I 
because all that comes in my journey. Like I learned sure. about Puro yeah. many, many years later. Yeah. Absolutely. It's on a journey. <laughs> so, where, where do we begin? <laughs> yeah. So for me, I'm second to last in a family of 10 kids. And so my parents, by the time I came around, they were pretty familiar with what would be considered normal, normal, odd behavior from a child versus mm-hmm. like outside of that like yeah when I was real young there were a few things about me that they st- that they were like huh that's that's interesting um but I think that they they also thought like oh he's five or six years old so you know kids do weird things whatever but then by the time I was like nine and ten and some of these unusual behaviors which we'll, we'll get into not only didn't go away but got worse and I was getting older and I was growing out of that like you know the, the just the little kid phase the phase of doing those weird things yeah just strange and, things yeah. that kids do in development they they were like yeah this is this is unusual um and so they took me into they didn't know none of us none of us in my family had ever heard of obsessed compulsive disorder we didn't know what it was but they just knew something's going on here and it was causing me some issues. And so they took me into a psychiatrist and she was wonderful. And within the first session, she had me do a, a test where I, she gives me an Im- bunch of images of lines and dots and stuff and gives me pencil and paper and says, draw this. And she, um, she said she'd never had that day. She brought my parents in. She was undoubtedly, she's like, he has obsessive compulsive disorder. And she said, um, she was a seasoned psychiatrist. She'd been doing this a while. And she said, she'd never had anybody erase more times than I did in that test oh, boy. In, in her entire career. Wow. Was and, it like the, were you trying to get it perfect? Yes. Was that the, yeah. Yes. I wanted to match it as exactly as I could. That's how she kind of knew. And that was the start. But then, and then she, once she kind of dialed in on what was going on, mm-hmm. then she really knew what questions to ask from there. And we really started to unlock all kinds of things. And I told her things I'd never told my parents, weird things that I would do that I knew were strange. So that's why I would never talk about it with anybody. Mm-hmm. I remember... When I was real little and I couldn't explain why that I set down a pair of scissors on um, the counter one time. And I remember it, thinking like, oh, man, the scissors are pointed in the direction of my brother's room. And if he dies tonight, it's going to be my fault Whoa. because the scissors were pointed in his room. And so therefore it, it doesn't it's not logical. You know it, but yeah. you mm-hmm. but you feel it. So you're like, yeah, I got to move the scissors. So I would rotate the scissors and I would sit there for an unusual amount of time constantly finding I had to get the scissors in just the right place because then I rotate them like oh that's my parents bedroom oh I rotate them again mm-hmm. oh that's so and so and I had a big family so this was yeah. obviously yeah. very challenging yeah it's like the <laughs> whole yeah. kind like of 360 degree yeah yeah. yeah like what's that one degree where everyone's safe <laughs> and I would finally find it and then I'd walk away and I'd feel because like, I would I yeah. Uh, yeah I would have sat there and obsessed I would have all day been worried to the night that if something happened so that was the compulsion get the scissors mm-hmm. right and never told anybody because obviously I couldn't explain why I would think that, or, yeah. but but it, but it was real to me. And um, so those are the things that I would start to tell the psychiatrist because I was in a safe place and many, many more things. I had reading patterns where I had to be breathing. I was very slow at reading because I had to, even to myself, not out loud, I had to be breathing in and out at certain parts of sentences. And mm. if I didn't, wasn't breathing in the right way at the right part of the sentence, I would just have to start the sentence over again in my head and re- reread sentences over and over and over and over was again. Was it like during commas and periods and stuff? Oh, or was yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to, yes, that's a big part of it. Like when you should well, yeah, well, right. was it you just did. because you needed to process it more or was it because like, oh, I need to breathe this way because if I don't, then I'm not reading it properly or something's going to happen? 
Yeah, the best way to explain that one, that one, it wasn't so much that something bad will happen. It just didn't, it didn't feel right. Uh And I didn't feel as if I had read it. Like if I wanted to tell somebody I read this book. It didn't land. Yes, I had to read it in just the right way that I felt like, yes, I can say that I've read this now. And for whatever reason, that wasn't right. If I was breathing out or in at the wrong part, it was almost as if I wasn't processing it, even though I was. Again, these things aren't logical, right? Yeah. So, so there was reading and a, a number of things came out. So, I, But I want to get back to the, the questions because yeah. I could spend all day on the history. So she did diagnose me with obsessive compulsive disorder. In my case, we tried out medication. And in my case, fortunately, it was very beneficial and helpful mm-hmm. to me because I understand that medication doesn't always work for everybody. And then if it does, sometimes you have to, there's a lot of trial and error and mm-hmm. finding the right medication. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and some I, of them can make it work. Some of them can make some it better. Can make it worse, yeah. Some can make it better. Or, or whole other issues start popping yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. So in my case, I just feel like I was fortunate that the firm, like we, we did Prozac right mm-hmm. out the gate. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was life changing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm still on that to this day. I have tried, uh, you know, when I was in my 20s, I was like, you know, maybe I've grown up. And can I've you tried describe to me, like, you say it's life changing. And I, like, I can definitely guess as to what it is. But like, what is it that looking back on it and then it is now you're like, Oh, that like that fixed it. Does that make sense? Does that question? Oh, well, make I sense? think like, I think you're kind of trying to ask like what what did the medication fix? What did it change? Yeah, like what yeah, what yeah, were yeah, the yeah. different aspects of your Not life sure with why it I and asked without? That. So weird, but <laughs> you you asked like an intellectual like you are. <laughs> it's it's interesting, and I hope this is what you mean. Let me let me answer. Tell me if I'm am I get this. Yeah, it's not something that you like notice right away. Like it's not one of those medications where like you take it and then like within eight hours you're like, oh my gosh, I'm cured. It was more, and, and they they told me this. So, like it takes a while to get into your system, and so we had check ins at the beginning of this process. It's like every two weeks or a month. Now it's you know once or twice a year just to mm-hmm. everything kind of how you still good. To. Yeah, okay, yeah, cool. exactly. <laughs> but at the beginning, there's a lot of checking in, and it was really interesting for me to not notice, be conscious in the moment. It's such a slow, just fade away of something that I would spend about three or four weeks in, I would look back and I'd be like, huh, oh yeah, I guess I, yeah, I guess I haven't been doing X, Y, and Z for the last mm-hmm. like week and a half. And it, it wasn't a conscious thing, it just disappeared. Yeah, because those thoughts never entered into Right, yeah. right. Um, or they would and they would just naturally go away without me having to find a way to make them go away. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it just kind of happened. It's not something you try. It, again, for me, I was just like, this is, the. it's like magic. You're yeah. like, you literally, you just take this little pill every day and all these things that <laughs> caused me so much anxiety and doubt and, and secret suffering, if you will, just like you just kind of realize like, oh, my gosh, like I haven't done that in like weeks. This is wonderful. That's wow. just kind of how it manifests yeah. itself. That, that sounds magical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So and then so you you uh, tried that medication. It worked. The Basically, the first one worked. And it's like, yeah, ev- ever since and then, it's been good. You were saying in your 20s that you went. Did you say you went off of it or you thought that you were OK without it? Or? Um, I've done a couple things. And um, when I got to college, so when I was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder, this was this was like 20 years ago. So like there weren't nearly as many medications out as there are now and things like that. So Not nearly as widely known either. Right. Yeah. yeah. So when I got into college, a lot of time had passed and this new medicine had come out and everyone was swearing by it, not just for OCD, for like depression and anxiety, which by the way, um, a lot of the medications that they, I don't know of a lot of the medications that are just for OCD. They're usually the they same. Overlap. They overlap. Yeah. It's usually, yeah, SS, it's usually SSRIs. For, for anxiety and depression. Right. Too. Yeah. And it's because it's the same chemical com- component mm-hmm. of those is the same thing 
something that's also kind of manifesting obsessive compulsive disorder. I mean, in a in a weird kind of way, depression is almost kind of like an intrusive thought as well. So, it, like that makes sense, you know. It's as is anxiety. Yeah, I mean, exactly. uh, uh, worrying about something uh, that's going that hasn't happened yet, but that might. Yeah, it's it's a completely it's an obsession on on just a different right. a different thing. <laughs> There's definitely a lot of overlap. I mean, a lot of people yeah. have depression and anxiety, or have OCD mm-hmm. and depression. I mean, it's. Yeah, that's us, or that's yeah. me. And my family as well. So we, on this journey of getting in, going to psychiatrists, then it's like my, my dad ended up um, also found out he had suffered from depression for like half his life. And that I, I could see the before and after in black and white changed his life when he got help and on medication. And now a number of my brothers and sisters, my mom. So in my family, there's bipolar. And these are all diagnosed. This isn't just like self, like oh, I have, you know. Uh, what is that? This Web, is like, WebMD? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, is, this is like I've gone to a psychiatrist and been told, like being diagnosed. Yeah. Uh, bipolar disorder, adult uh, ADHD, depression, anxiety. And I'm the only one that got diagnosed with obsessive compulsive <laughs> disorder. But we're a big, happy gotta... bunch. I got that one. Thank you. Yeah. It's yeah. just me. I'll take that one. <laughs> take that one for the team. Oh, that's great. You're all unique. Yeah. For sure. So actually, I, I kind of wanted to I wanted to get into that is how does how is that dynamic with that in your yeah. in your family? All the different would, mental. Yeah, because it's, it's you know, you're all kind of coming. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> he smiles slightly. Yeah, it's it, but yeah, I'm actually kind of being I'm, I'm being funny, but I it is my family. We're the type of family that we super open and, and vulnerable with each other and we deal with everything through humor. Even even uncomfortable, difficult things like one of my brothers has cancer and he makes jokes about it all the time. He's in, he's stable now. He's on medication and he's good. That's but good. but yeah. it's the kind that's like you have to keep taking the medication. Mm-hmm. So he just knows like I live with cancer. That's what I have. Rather than it being some taboo thing that's like uncomfortable to talk about, he just makes jokes about it all the time and it breaks the ice. And that's my, a good way to get yeah, to my dad. My dad has heart disease and diabetes. And, you know, when I was in fifth grade, he had a heart attack and an open heart bypass surgery. And to this day, he's been making jokes for the last 20 years about how he's going to die. Like, basically, like, oh, I've only got a couple years left to live. And he deals with its human. We're all like, oh, dad, come on, you know. But it, we all kind of chuckle in this weird way. And he's still yeah, here. So. The dark humor. Yeah. yeah. But we we deal with everything by. So with all of these back to and all of these mental things we're dealing with, we we just make fun of each other and we all laugh about it. And, and we all know that, like, that's a Brandon thing. Um, <laughs> you know, Oh, like, that's just his thing. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> like they. So for me, it was um, the things that were outward. So. I have a lot that are internal that people would never know. And we'll come back to those with the Puro For and sure. the different yeah. types. Because mm-hmm. I know I've, I've gone on this big tangent. No, we're gonna come, okay. We're going to come back to the different types of OCD. I, for me, the biggest, I would say consistently, because the OCD evolves with time. Like you might kind of deal with one particular obsession or compulsion type. And then years later, a new one manifests itself. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely happened with me. So, But the one that's been the most consistent is it's always deals with this issue of honesty. And that ties into, I think, my religious upbringing. I didn't learn about this until I was like, I was in my 20s and I, I got this obsessive compulsive disorder workbook and I started reading it and it talked about this type, a sub. So think of an obsessive compulsive disorder as like an umbrella. And then there's like different ways that it can manifest itself in individuals. And one of those ways is called scrupulosity and that basically That's is such a cool word I love, yeah. I love, i'm really and, fascinated and, by that um there's actually a whole podcast a, a gentleman named john delenn did just on a whole special Ooh, he did just on scrupulosity Interesting. what's the podcast called it's it's called mormon stories okay and, <laughs> yeah. gonna plug that one yeah yeah he he um he's also 
went to school and got a degree for psychology and stuff. So mm-hmm. he's seen how that affects individuals in the LDS oh, church. Terms. And, I, and yeah. I was one of those. So, I mean, me and him have never met, but I completely related to everything that he shared in his podcast. But so scrupulosity, in the way that it, it latched on for me, scrupulosity is obsessive compulsive disorder manifests itself through a person's particular religious beliefs. So this can be any number of things. You shared an interesting story with me a little bit yeah, ago about yeah. the, the woman who yeah, so, God was telling her to clean her floor and it became like an, like a problem like mm-hmm. all yeah, day. Cleaning. Mm-hmm. So that that's one, like those types of examples. For me, it was honesty. Mm-hmm. It was the fear of saying or doing anything that could would be dishonest or a lie. And when I say this, I'll give you some examples, but it's like, it's to like an extreme unhealthy level. Mm -hmm. So, right. So that's where it becomes a disorder. So I think everybody gets anxious at times in life. Everybody has times where they're going to get depressed and everybody has obsessive compulsive traits, Mm -hmm. but it's not a disorder Mm -hmm. until it really starts to be debilitating in some way or, or really affect your quality of life, you know, and things like that. So yeah, it's the only thing you're thinking about. And, yeah, yeah. So when I was young and this was before, this is my brother, Johnny has shared this story with me about like when he realized before we knew I had obsessive compulsive disorder, but he was like, this is really bizarre behavior. And he shared this with me. <laughs> since. But I, I, Thanks, I was trying, I'd come home and I was trying to tell a story. I don't remember this particularly, but I guess I'd seen somebody fall off their bike and I was trying to tell the story to my brother, but I would never say that they fell off their bike for sure. Everything was, they might have, they might have done this or they might not have. So my, my vocabulary was just filled with maybe, maybe not, might, might not have been um, Only Sith deal in absolutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was, a, so I was a Jedi. Maybe? Yeah, you were a Jedi. There you go. Yes, I was a young Padawan in training. Yeah, um, but so, that way you were never committed. Yeah, I was to, never committed to anything in case I was wrong, even if I saw it with my eyes. So I'd be like, well, I, I think he. I was telling the story. I was like, and then I, and I think that he fell off his bike, but he, but I'm not sure. Like he might or he might not have fallen off his bike. And my brother Johnny's like, Brandon. Like you, like he either fell off his bike or he didn't. Like what? Which was it? Like you saw it happen. I was like, I, I know. I mean, I think he did, but I just, but, but like maybe he didn't. And my brother John was like, this is so weird. Yeah. That you, like you saw it. Why can't you? And we understand now. Yeah. And that became that's the joke for me and the family is everything years to come. They're like, well, it might or might not have been right, Brandon. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. And that's I laugh really about it. We laugh about it. Yeah. That was one that people could see. That mm-hmm. came out in ways that people could see. And did it come? from like thinking that like God would see that as a sin if you lied. Exactly. Um, Yes. So that, yes, that's the root. The root there is I had been taught a number of things and the others. And by the way, I want to be clear up front. Just last year I went through a faith crisis and I I have, I'm no longer going to the Mormon faith, but I, in no way just on this podcast, want to bash them. I think they're wonderful people. So much good comes from them and the church. And this is in no way I want this to be. Oh yeah. Oh no, no worries. So you were Mormon. uh, Yeah. I was born and raised in the Mormon church or they, they don't like people to call it that. They They want the 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 church of Jesus Christ Christ of Latter-day Saints. Saints, And that is, that is the church's name. So yes, I was born and raised in that church. It was a huge even to this day, it's a it's a huge part of who I am, mm-hmm. you know. So we could that's a whole other podcast. So yeah, I mean, I I'm not of the Mormon faith, but I mean, I lived in Utah for three years, and I I mean, I was friends with atheists, Christians, and Mormons, and I loved learning about each part yeah. of such. So I saw the good and the bad of the church as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a. Uh, well, we can. Go they're, yeah, they're wonderful people, and that's that. That's they are wonderful. Mormon at stories. The core. Mormon stories has 900 episodes. <laughs> and, go to Mormon and stories. They're, to and they're, and they're, and they're, that, that's this is covered there. Like, yep. That's yeah, a whole other. Sure. Let's stick to the OCD stuff. But but it is it does tie in. That's yeah. why yeah. because of 
it was it was such a huge part of my life. And 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 one of those teachings is thou shalt not lie, right? Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, that one I guess that was the one that was most realistic that I could actually commit. Like, there's all these all these other commandments and stuff, but like, I wasn't worried I was going to murder yeah, it's somebody. Like, well, I'm not going to murder anybody. Yeah, I wasn't right worried now. I was going to steal from somebody, but but I could accidentally lie. Yeah. You know, that's where that mm-hmm. one just there wasn't like as concrete, and it's yeah, something that could yeah. happen more often. Yeah, yeah. Like I like like what if I said something out of a mistake, and and now I'm like clear minded. I'm like, well. You know, I would be forgiven, like mm-hmm. these things. But at the, as a child, you're developing, and, and everything's very black and white. You know, mm-hmm. you don't understand the nuances and the grays. It's just like I, I can't do that, or, or that's a sin, and that's bad. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that to this day, I still have not. Yeah, I, I still. Is it still something that you struggle with? It's oh like, yeah, I can't. Yeah, yeah. I have to it be one hundred percent as much as I can. I'm yeah. getting better. I'm getting better. Yeah. But it's still, if you ask anyone around me. It's like my best and my worst feature, um, especially in a lot of my relationships. Yeah. I mean, I've I've had a six year relationship engaged that ended, and I won't say that OCD was the cause, but it's mm-hmm. a factor. Oh, yeah. sure. And um, yeah. and I've talked with her about it since, and and while we were, she knew while we were in a relationship, and then I was married, and that ended in divorce after six years last year. Again, um, a lot of it. Not all of it. There's there's so many other issues we I'm not going to go into here. Mm-hmm. That was a fact. Uh, that was a fact. My over honesty was mm-hmm. was like a double edged sword. She would even tell me she would say like I love the fact that I know you're never. <laughs> I love that I can trust you and know that you're never going to lie to me. So that was the good side, right? That like mm-hmm. this really really deep trust um, that she knew that if I ever said or did anything that was unjust in the marriage, that I would not keep it from her. Mm-hmm. The the downside of that is like you don't you don't want to be in a relationship with me for the kind of person who wants to know if gene, the genes make you look fat. Like I'm not the guy yeah, for you because people, like <laughs> people do say, people say they want honesty until they don't. Like right, you know, it's uh, there. It's funny because there is too much to like. There is too much honesty, and that's a weird thing to say because honesty is such like a genuine, like pure trait. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, it but, can cause damage. But there, can, yeah. yeah, there are lots. Of, there lots are things of honesty isn't always nice. Of. Yeah, it's nice <laughs> it's to not, not always have pleasant. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I've, I've hurt many people in my family and in relationships with the girls I've been in with. Tears shed, crying because of things that I said that, I, and, I, and I'm not, I'm not dumb. Like I, I'll, you know, like I'm not dumb. Like I'll say certain things in relationship, and I know before I even say it that this is a bad idea. But mm-hmm. the the need to relieve. Okay, so so what's happening is, I might be married. Right, I was. So, so like, <laughs> hypothetically, I might right be now, right now, I'm definitely not. So, but, uh, so, but like, I could, I'll be in a relationship, and I may have a thought, a very real thought, and I think that I think this is probably a normal for most anybody in in a long term relationship to have at some point the thought, man, I wonder if I would be happier with somebody else, right? Most people would have that thought, and then, and then. We'll just throw that in the recycle yeah, bin. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put that on the back burner. Yeah. You know? And while forever. Me, while me, or yeah, it just kind of goes away, or, or or they have an answer. They're just like, nah, I definitely wouldn't be. You yeah. know, any number of ways to just. Or it would up. be, I and mean, you break up. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're just like, yeah, I'm definitely going to, and they know, and they move on. For me, I was, <laughs> I thought I was genuinely like a happy marriage, but you know, there's normal fights and arguments stuff, but there's just times or. 
there's somebody you spend some, you know, that from your past that you remember feeling a certain way about and you think, man, like, I wonder if I would have been happier with that person, you know, like just, these yeah. are normal thoughts, right? The problem was, is that when I would have a thought like that, obviously, I, like anyone else, I know the dumbest thing to do is to go tell your significant other about it. <laughs> and I, and I know that, like, like I said, that's where I'm, that's why I was saying like, I'm not dumb. Like I would know, like, this is a horrible idea. This is not going to go well. <laughs> right. Right. However, selfishly, I would do it because I had I now had an obsession that was giving me severe anxiety. And that obsession would be, why did I so I had this thought, then it's why did I have that thought? Is that does that mean that's how I feel? Oh, shoot, I don't know. How will I ever know if I feel that way? Uh, blah, blah. And then you get this yeah. rumination cycle. And the more I try to think like the more I start to try to convince myself mentally, so this is all in the mind. So I start to no, you're trying to like argue with yourself. Like, no, you don't feel that way. You you thought that for this other reason, blah, blah, blah. And when I say obsess, I'm talking when you get into the cycle, four, five, six hours a day are dedicated to Ooh. trying to solve this riddle. Mm -hmm. And there's really not a great answer sometimes. It's like a labyrinth, basically. Yeah, so there's always going to be yeah. a reason. Yes. Yeah. yes, and the compulsion, so that's the obsession, and I'm getting, I'm feeling guilt, we'll say, mm -hmm. yeah. for having this thought, and it won't go away for days and days and hours and hours. So the compulsion would be to sit the person down finally, and usually... It actually comes out in other ways by like, because I'm feeling anxious and guilty, I project that onto my partner and then things they do will start to annoy me. But it's not even their fault. It's because I'm obsessed and worried about, am I even happy enough? Nothing has to do, you know, with them. Then at the end- Because it almost, it's it's there to either confirm or deny yes, the mental yeah. Yeah, battlefield you Yeah, it's like have. maybe I can find an answer to this if, if, you know, I don't know. You don't think of it logically, but I think subconsciously it's like you, you drive them to the point of a big fight, then it's almost like, well, there's my answer, you know? Mm -hmm. It's it's really sucky and unhealthy. And um, at the end of the fight, it ultimately would end with me- crying and out of just guilt telling my significant other finally the thought I just finally let them know the thought like you yep. know I, I I've been wondering if if I would just if I would have been happier with this other person from like long time ago you know it's basically to get it off your chest yeah and then and it, be there. and it's so selfish and that was a, that was actually a big key for me in learning to get better at this is to realize how selfish it was because I didn't used to look at it as a selfish thing I just mm -hmm. thought like this is I just have to do this and it would would I would say the thing right the thing the other my, whoever was around me, you're basically transferring that guilt yes. onto yeah. them. Yeah, and whoever yeah. was around me obviously, you know, is is just deeply hurt, and and it, it builds uh, insecurity and distrust and all these negative things. But for me, oh, oh sweet, great. sweet and relief. They <laughs> Uh, at like least shit. every everyone knows now, you yeah. know, the, the, there's no more everything. Yeah, I'm open. good. I can go have a margarita. Yeah. Meanwhile, she's sitting there like, cool. Now I have to think about this. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I did that. I've done that in both my rela serious relationships. Also, uh, um, so before, there's always there always seems to be a person that is my, that the person that I confess everything to. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it's the person usually that's been, well, interesting. Now, if I really think about this, it's always been the female that I have the closest relationship to. So so mm -hmm. up until I was in adult, it was my mom. Mm -hmm. She, she'll tell you now, it's kind of, again, we like laugh about it, but I had, with 10 kids, there's like laundry going around the clock and we had a so whole- you have nine siblings? Mormon family. Yeah, not yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I have nine. I have six brothers and three sisters. Okay, so. I wasn't going in that direction. No, you yeah. want a big family. No, it's just so. like wow. Yeah. No, I'm just yeah. I'm just in awe of <laughs> the yeah. amount Let's of just family so that is here. Yeah. <laughs> just give now I know why you could, mom. You now I know there. why you couldn't do the scissors because. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was a nightmare. Let's just give Light a, a moment to process that. Yeah. Nine brothers and sisters. But um, the reason I'm, the only reason I was mentioning that is that there's a lot of laundry. So my mom was laundry was going round the clock at her house, and so we yeah, had did a that whole, ever turn off? Not, no, real, not, not really. So she would be. Um, we had a laundry room, and that was a place where I knew it had its own door, and it was small. And she, I had her kind of trapped. Right, she's yeah. doing something, and we, I could go in there. No one was around. I gotcha. And so she got to the point after a few years where she'll tell you now, she's like, if I was ever in the laundry room doing laundry and you came in and just kind of like sat down, she was like, oh, here we go. She was like, she was like, I know that I'm about to hear something I don't want to hear. And sure enough, I would have done something that any normal teenage 12 year old boy would have done. And and it could be anything. I would have felt tremendous guilt for it for whatever reason. And I would come in and tell my mom. And a lot of times it was just a thought I had. Mom, I thought this. What does that mean? Oh, yeah. hmm. I even went through a phase in my teens where I genuinely, one of my episodes uh, with OCD was, am I gay? And, I, and I'm not. I'm, I'm, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I, when I was 15, it all started with just that thought. Like, it's yeah. like, huh, I think everybody has to. Yeah, decide that for themselves at some point. <laughs> well, it's not not decide. I shouldn't say. I don't know. As a Brandon, choice, but maybe, yes. maybe I may be gay. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But the thought know. is Only the thought is like, absolutes. huh? You know, like <laughs> something might happen, and and instead of just being like, no, I'm not gay. It's like, why did I even wonder if I was gay? Is that? <laughs> yeah. No. Why would I even think that unless maybe I am a? And 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 I see it for what it is now, and it was just a thought that got wildly. Just on on a loop it in just, my head. That's it just fascinating got me because I actually written into a movie that didn't need to be made. Yeah, yeah. It's fascinating because I've actually had that exact same thing happen. I, I like I did that when I was younger as well. Uh, I told my dad, but like I remember sitting him down and being like, yeah. "Hey, dad, this is a weird thing, mm-hmm. but I." I can't stop thinking about it. I've been thinking about it for like, I think it was like months, Mm -hmm. you know, as I was trying to figure it out. And I was like, am I gay? And he's like, no, not even close. You you like girls way too much. Like you're only talking about girls. And I was like, okay, but like I have this thought and like having this thought must mean that it's like something, right? And I've been thinking about it for like a long time. And so it's it's fascinating that you know I, I that that's something that you also went through as well. Yeah, um, that it's a thought that like because I do have some of those some of those tendencies as well. They're just all internal. Like there's mm-hmm. definitely things that come into my brain where oh, yeah. and I say things out loud. I say that like I don't have to say them right at that moment. I'll go into like the restroom or I'll go like or I'll whisper it. But I have to say something to like get that out of my brain and then it's gone. Yeah. So that's obsessive mm-hmm. compulsive behavior. Yeah. Obsessive compulsive traits and those. I think maybe not everyone, but Many, many people have obsessive. They, they can relate to this stuff, right? Yeah, it's fairly. That one's really specific. That is interesting that you had that. And for yeah. me, I went to my mom about it. Same thing. Again, like I, I couldn't be more clear about it in my mind now um, at that age and the climate that I was in and a lot of brothers and, mm-hmm. and you know, again, not that they w- they all would have loved me. It would have been fine. But yeah. it's just it's just like, oh, my but gosh, it was a thought. Why did I, you, why did I yeah. think this? Yeah. And it, it turned into obsession to the point where I genuinely did. I thought like, I don't I don't I'm confused. I, don't, I, and I, I do want to be clear because I and I think you're in the same way it wasn't the obsession of like oh this is a bad thing it was just the obsession of the thought yeah you need to figure like, i just like to i need know. to know yeah, yeah exactly I need to know. yes that's thank <laughs> you that's a good distinction yeah it's not yeah. that it was a bad thing it was just like well i kind of i don't want to be confused i just yeah. want to know i want to know. You know yeah i'm and, a sith i need to yeah. know <laughs> <laughs> must find the truth so, the yes, meaning I'm behind it exactly. yeah i went to my mom and um i don't remember how i worked where we worked i bit i eventually got to the point where it was like i just kind of it took time, but I got did get through. It's just like where I could just be like, oh no, that was just 
that was just an OCD thing, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I kind of moved on. I forgot where that was going, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that works. We did go on just a massive amount of tangent, but they're well, good tangents. I'll do a lot of those. Yeah. I, no, I did have a question about when you were talking about being in relationships and having to say the things that were coming up in your mind, that uncomfortable things. Were you on medication back then? Yes. So um, medication... It's helped a lot, but it's not going to get rid. It's It's not not a a cure. cure. Yeah, it's not a cure. And I've done. uh, To be clear, I have done both. I've done therapy as well. Um, We should talk about that. Actually, going to be my next question. Yeah. yeah, So I've done therapy as well, and I've and I've done a a number of research papers just for my own. Like in high school, I did one I think, and on um, the treatments for obsessive compulsive disorder, and the 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 conclusion of you know this is a long time ago, but at that time, and I from what I've seen still. The, the number one treatment for obsessive compulsive disorder is just a combination of cognitive behavioral therapy and mm-hmm. and medication. Mm-hmm. There's the most highest, the highest chance of success of, of kind of like relieving the burden of OCD. Mm-hmm. So I did that. And then I think I did, I might've done another paper in college on OCD. I just, I've always been, because it's part of my life, I've wanted to understand as much of it as I can. What was your question? I was going to, that was leading me into. It was the medication. Her question is the medication was, if you're on medication. Right? Oh yes. Yeah. While, while I was talking mm-hmm. to them. I was on medication. Also kind of what would have been different if maybe you weren't on medication? Oh man, I don't even know if I want to think about that. <laughs> oh, the hypothetical of... <laughs> well, well, I, well, okay, I, I kind of do know. So I'll, I'll, I'll do those both in order. Get me back here because sure. I, <laughs> I know my mind and I'm going to go off. Yep. So before I married my wife, and I'm leaving her name out of this, before I married my wife, I went through one of the worst, one of the worst OCD episodes I ever had. I think to this day was leading up to the marriage of my wife. And it had to do specifically around um, my worry about being attracted enough to her physically. Everything else was there. But like you being attracted to her? Or, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I yes. just wanted to. And, and yeah. I was. But yeah. again, we're talking about normal thoughts people have that go just wildly out of control. Yeah. So yeah. like, and, and this ties again to I being raised in the Mormon church, I like I hadn't gone to had my, you know, those college years where I yeah, slept with a bunch of people and kind of got that out of my system. This was the big, like a lot was riding on this. This is like the first person you're going to share all that with. And, and I got so caught up in like, we all have a type that we like and my wife is beautiful, but there were just certain features that as silly as it is now, I just got hung up on. And so I- It goes back to that uh, that drawing where you were constantly erasing. Yeah, it has yeah, to be it that could. exact Yeah, it has to be a certain way or I'm going to feel- this got so bad for the first time in my life. I'd only ever seen psychiatrists mm-hmm. up to this point. Leading up to the decision to propose to my wife, I went through weeks, if not months, of this episode of um, I kid you not, it would be from the moment I woke up, from the moment, from the moment my eyes opened in the morning to the moment my eyes closed at night trying to sleep, where I was obsessing about this. I, I was trying to work. And I probably about eight hours of my day, I'm guessing, was was me being distracted trying to figure out if I should do this or not, if I should propose, if I should get engaged. And it all waited on things having to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And so I had to feel a certain way. And that included the right level of attraction about all these things. But the logic, the logical part of my brain, the one that is working correctly was telling me like, she's awesome. This is wonderful. What are you doing? Don't screw this up. And so that conflict in my own brain caused me such turmoil. I finally, for the first time ever, decided to uh, get a therapist and a psychologist that I could just do talk therapy with. And she had me do a journal that was just for me that my wife would never see. And my wife knew I had the journal because I had to have this open. Tr- I had to be honest. It was it was really hard for me because there's so she many. She had things- to know that you were having thoughts that were outside. Of- yes, and yeah. so, but this was a big breakthrough for me. It's like I wanted to tell her all of those thoughts, and obviously, it's horrible to be like. 
like, I'm not sure because of X, Y, and Z, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and I knew that. So I would tell the therapist, therapist, like have this journal and just every time, every time throughout the day, you have one of those thoughts of, I'm not sure if, or what if it's not enough, write that thought down and very specific, mm-hmm. but don't talk to her. Don't tell her about it. And she, she knew I had this journal and that I was keeping said thoughts in there, but not exactly what those thoughts were. Mm-hmm. And she was super cool about it. That had to be hard for her, right? I mean, it's especially like, since mm-hmm. she, she had to have known like some of those things that were right. you were putting or, in there. Right. Her. So, but, but so obviously I can imagine her, her imagination is going wild and like, oh, what kind of stuff is he writing in there? But she could not have been more cool about it. She understood. That would have driven, like, that would have driven me crazy because I have such <laughs> terrible insecurities. Like, good for her for, like, being I cool wouldn't want to look at it. I'd be like, okay, I just don't want to, if I see it, I, yeah. I don't want to see it. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to know. No, I don't want to know. But I, I would be know. thinking about it all the yeah, time. She knew where I'd be like, sh- yeah, but what's in there? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I think I would be like that, too. Yeah. Uh, she knew where it was, but she really never looked. She was respectful. To answer your question, I was on medication throughout that whole process. So it's still like it was still there yeah and it just it it was a new I had never had that particular manifestation of it so I had never learned uh, the older ones the ones about before I was in relationships with girls it was all family related stuff like being afraid that like when I washed my hands and left the bathroom if I turn the light switch off Mm -hmm. my hands were still wet and the next person came in might get electrocuted when they turn the light on that was going to be my fault so uh, for years I turned light switches off with my elbows Mm -hmm. Um, like things like that those ones I'd learned to deal with those types, uh, small took, little kind yeah, of yeah, like took years ticks. and years and years. Yeah. This was a new obsession I'd never faced before, and it so it got real bad. But I but I worked through it. Here's here's the interesting, and this is important. After all that obsessing and worrying and the anxiety, I kind of paid my dues up front. And then once I made the decision, it was hard to get there. But once I did, I it was made. Mm-hmm. I didn't continue to doubt myself. I did that all for months and cr- tears and crying and. I mean, just, oh my gosh, it was bad. Just sounds almost kind of like how people feel when they like skydive. It's like all of that anxiety before they do it. And then they jump and they're like, this is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I made such a great decision. I hope this parachute works. All the things I was worried about. Yeah completely disappeared. Like once we got married, none of those were problem. The entire marriage. Wow. No problems at all. It wasn't like they came back or like were validated. Like, oh, I knew it. It was all just like, oh my gosh, none of this, like mm. it's fine, like none of it matters. But it was very real to me in that way. And it, I mean, it, I would, it's hard to explain to somebody that's like, cause I know there's, there's people suffering in so many ways that it feels silly, but like it felt like torture, but it was in the mind and of my mind, it was torture. It takes the things that are the closest, the most important things in your entire life, and it uses, OCD uses those against you. Mm. And and in that sense, it is a curse. It's horrible. Yeah. I did want to touch on, because you, you you went on a little bit there, but therapy yeah. and talking it through, because you, you explained, I more so wanted to ask this, because you were saying that, you know, especially the, uh, the women closest to you in your life, your mother, your wives, and stuff such like that, that those were the people that you kind of go to. It's like, I have this thought, this honesty that I need to tell you. Mm-hmm. Were you th- seeing therapists or psychiatrists oh, yeah. during that? And was that ever an outlet for you? Like to tell that honesty to them instead of the person, or did that not help? To the therapist, you mean? Yeah, instead so it's of, like, instead of, my instead mom of telling the, my your wife, or... wife that like you look fat in those jeans, was it ever like, I'm going to tell the therapist this and it feels better or it didn't feel better. A little bit, not fully though. The closest would be the example I just shared would be the only time that happened where I was dating somebody 
and it was definitely like, I'm going to marry this person mm-hmm. or I'm thinking about marrying this person. And then I got the therapist because I just couldn't, I knew I was like, I cannot say these things too hard. Finally gotten that point after 20 years. I was like, that's, this is where I started to make this, this jump of like, wow, I never really thought of it as whenever I tell these people, these things, it's so obvious to me now, but at that time, I'd never thought of it as being selfish. Like I'm genuinely, if I back up, I realize I'm just hurting somebody else really bad to make my, and then I feel to better. To make yourself feel better. And yeah. once I, once I framed it that way. It made me be more willing to just suffer th- through things. That it's bef- like I'm tortured right now, but I do that because I love yes. you. Yes, that was yeah. a big breakthrough mm-hmm. I had in my 20s where I was just kind of like, oh my gosh, that makes me okay feeling this pain and anxiety and suffering that I'm feeling because I'm going to spare somebody else, mm-hmm. which is so obvious. But when I was younger, I just wanted to feel better. So yeah. I kept hurting yeah. people. That's been really helpful mm-hmm. to to learn to just, you know what, you're just going to have to feel sucky tough, for tough a while it, yeah. because somebody you love this is gonna you suck. don't want, you you don't want them, them to feel that way yeah. yeah so therapy was helpful for you yeah yeah a little bit this particular therapist i don't, I don't remember her name she was wonderful and nice but i and every therapist is different I'm yeah just, this is just oh, this particular one I, this particular right one. one i had i didn't go for very long it was a couple mm-hmm. months because i felt like i was teaching her more about ocd mm-hmm. than she was teaching Ooh. me do you and, think that if you had found the right therapist you would have been able to use her as the outlet for that honesty or him. or him sorry I, I don't or think him. I don't think so and here's why the guilt you're trying to relieve this guilt and the guilt is that it's tied to the fact that they have to know yeah it's because it's the people you care about mm-hmm. like I don't care about my therapist in that same way but like yes. my mom it's my mom and if, she, if my mom knew I felt and it ties back to honesty mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. my thoughts so it, it's all ties back to the reason I couldn't say maybe I would say maybe maybe not it's, the idea is I had a thought and the very act of keeping that thought away from whoever it was about, let's say it was something about my my girlfriend. If I had a negative thought about my girlfriend, the very act of not sharing the thought with her to me felt dishonest. I felt like I was I wasn't telling her a lie, but I was also not telling her the truth yep. the, of my mind, mm-hmm. and that felt like a lie to me, which was is is not accurate. I've always found that as like a fascinating kind of because some people think that like not telling the whole truth is still a lie, and, yeah. uh, yes. it's ju- and it's just as bad as telling a lie. I'm honestly not sure where I fall on that because I do feel like mm-hmm. there are instances where not telling the whole truth is better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, I, and, and it's like logically I know that, but I still have a hard time with the feelings of it. I still yeah. feel like oh, I no they. They need to know because I thought it, and I, I've made a lot of progress. And I'm like, no, they don't. Yeah, <laughs> no, they don't. Yeah, especially if it's hurting them to make you feel better, for sure. Yeah, yeah. If you can't see something nice, just don't say it at all, or just figure out what it's really going to be beneficial to both parts of the relationship to yeah. both people. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, f- flash forward to to kind of now, where does that sit now as far as because you've mentioned like. Now it all seems obvious and all of this stuff, but where do you where do you fall now as far as like medication therapy things like that? And are, are these things still things that you're constantly dealing with, or are these things that you like? What what are what is the difference between what you've told us you know 20 years ago to now? For the medication, not a lot has changed. Um, I, and I but I ex, but I explored things with the medication, not not as much. Uh, but I did explore a few things. So I was pretty much on this uh, Prozac, and I kind of upped my dosage, you know, over the years. And by the time I, I got to college, oh, we didn't. We started this earlier. Yeah. I was in college, and a, a new medication had come out. Selexa, maybe we have to edit this back. You can <laughs> no, no, we'll, we'll go back Jump to this. Cut. Tie this back to that. But, um, yeah, so uh, there was this new medication that had come out. I think it was Selexa at the time. My mom and dad had both started using it for the anxiety and depression and had 
loved it. Like it's just like, oh, it's so great. And so I was like, cool, let's try it, you know. And I and I I switched over Me next. Yeah, and with <laughs> a, with a doctor and everything, I switched yeah. over to Selexa to try it out. Again, these things are slow, so right away you don't really notice mm-hmm. much difference. And it doesn't, again, it's not like wildly like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. You just wake up one day and you're just like. Yeah, <laughs> but but a few months later, I, I had a complete emotional breakdown, like weeping and crying and calling home, just like just overwhelmed with all these things. And then and it's like, oh my gosh, I haven't had this in a long time. And it's like, oh yeah, I just switched to Selexa about about a month and a half, two months ago. So that's, that's not a that's not a coincidence, yeah. yeah, that yeah. that I'm having this. And it was very clear to me. I was like, you know what? I tried it. Prozac just works for me. It went right back to Prozac. And mm-hmm. again, and it did. Everything kind of got better again. Then in my marriage, so that was trying a different medication, but to, I still had never gone off medication. And I was around eleven when I started. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm like twenty, you know, six, twenty-seven. My wife um, and I disagreed on these issues of medication and how to deal with mental illness. There was, like she didn't she support didn't, medication kind of thing? She's, it wasn't so black and white, but she definitely had different views. Like she didn't deny mental illness, like mm-hmm. things like obsessive compulsive disorder. But she really believes – and she believed that for certain people – it's impo- it's it's necessary, mm-hmm. but, but there she are did- alternatives for right. Others. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. other ways to deal with these things, and they should be explored. And her fear with me was there was a time where I'd, I'd gotten up to 80 milligrams, and for different medications, they're different potencies. But for Prozac, 80 is quite a bit. Mm-hmm. It's it's mm-hmm. up there. Her concern was, you know, when does this stop? Like your body is going to keep like it does to any drug, going to keep adapting, and you're going to keep needing more and more. And what if? Heaven forbid, some reason, someday you're not able to get medication. Let's say, who knows, for any number of reasons. She's like, what is that going to mean All right, Well, for us? And, you know, like, what's going to happen with you if you just suddenly lose your medication? That that worried her. She never forced me, but it was very clear to me she wanted me to try to, to get off of it. And so after, out of respect for my wife and trying to understand her point of view and make her feel better, I did that. Um, and I And I... I did it carefully where, you you know, you like weighing yourself off and because I'd, I'd been doing this for 20 years. So I kind of got I kind of know the process of getting in and out of these medications and not yeah. to go cold turkey. Yeah. I had to do that a few days ago with my high blood pressure medication because my insurance didn't line up yet. <laughs> and so like going from one day having all of my medications to like not having for like three days yeah. I had that's why I still have a headache like I'm uh, I'm on my medication now but like man that like going cold turkey hurts yeah bad news so <laughs> I um I did get my I, I waned off of it and then I thought oh my gosh it's true so like a, a good number more I knew enough time had gone by that it was out of my system that would have, that would have taken two two months or so I mean give or take and I was fine I was great I was happy I was loving life now, what happened is simultaneously while I was doing this, I also happened to be exercising and working out more than I ever had in my life. Uh. I was, I was, in, I was in getting in really good shape. I'd been running a ton, and so those things also play into this. And so, for better or for worse, like for exercise. Good. Oh, yeah. really yeah. good, exercise. really good. I mean, really healthy. I, I kind of knew the answer. I just wanted to make <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, you, 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 you hear that from everybody all the time yeah. but i've i've experienced it exercise has a huge beneficial uh, impact on on all of these things and mm-hmm. just the the way the brain's functioning and and all that stuff but 8 or 9 months went by and i thought i'm cured i don't I, you know when oh. i started taking when i started taking medication i was 11 oh. i was a boy and now you know i've grown now up now i'm a man yeah i'm a man <laughs> my, my body's developed a bunch and it's like it was kind of like i don't know if i don't need this because i've just been doing it for 20 years so and i thought 
oh my gosh, it's true. Like, I don't need this anymore. About eight or nine months later, horrible, horrible collapse, meltdown, breakdown. And I was like, nope, definitely. Nope, uh, still there. Yeah, it's still there. still there. I went back on it. She's unfortunately, it even I even used that against her at one point. I remember we got in a big fight and I was like, Oof. you made me, yeah. you made me go off medication. You made me do this. And uh, anyways, <laughs> but, um, I, but I did do this. I came back at half the dosage that I was before. So I'm to this so it did to this day, I'm taking half of what I was then. Mm-hmm. And I found I really didn't need that other yeah. 40%. Because it's true. Your body does adapt to those things. Yeah. Correct. And I, and I think I understand your fear with how it adapts and such, because that yeah. is scary with medication, how it can adapt and your body just get used to it I, and I, not work as well. I think most people will tell you that there, there's a balance between both. <laughs> there's the medication, which, you know, it obviously sounds like that's something that you need, but like the exercise, like you said, also helps. And, you know, yeah. there's other things like mindfulness exercises. Mindfulness, and there's, 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 there's certain a lot vitamin supplements that, that yeah. there's no proven, but it's anecdotal evidence. Yeah. So there's no, but I had read some of that when I was at my lowest low, I was desperate for any, anything. But like all of those things together, you know, yeah. Like, uh, and that's kind of what I did. I started yeah. exercising. I had read some people talk about certain certain supplements, like B vitamins, like mm-hmm. things yeah. like that. And so I started taking them. And whether or not that's what it was, I did feel better. And so, I, you know, it's just kind of like, well, if it works for me, it works for me. I don't even care if it's placebo effect. If it's working, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. great sometimes. You know what? If it's real or not, it doesn't matter. Yeah. The results, <laughs> that's all I care about. Um, yeah, for sure. Oh, man, I had a question and it totally set my mind. How do you guys want to wrap this up? That would get to like a, because I feel like we've kind of been building, like, what's the... What's the crescendo? Yeah, what's, what's the, the conclusion here? <laughs> I mean, like, kind of how how are you doing now with your OCD and what are you, what would you, I guess, say for people who might have it or who have been dealing with it in the best way for them to kind of get help? Well, there's... There's the the things you would I want to say the obvious answers and would say like say the obvious answers. yeah yeah, yeah. I mean like I, I'm get rid of the taboo like I I view things like obsessive compulsive disorder depression anxiety I still see people all the time that there's so much shame and embarrassment around it that I just want to grab them and shake them and be like look when you break your arm do you feel really embarrassed and guilty about that or do you go to the doctor and get a cast on it. I yeah. mean, if I did something real dumb. <laughs> right. So it's like no, it's like it's like mental illness shouldn't be any yeah. different. Like we yeah. all I have an article about this. Yeah, we yeah. like it's it's really more common than you think. And it doesn't mean you're something's wrong with you or you're a bad person. Or or heck, you could say, yeah, some, like when your arm's broken, that's something that's wrong. It needs to be fixed. So maybe something is wrong with you, but it not wrong with you like as a person, like your soul. It just <laughs> You know, just need some. You just need some fine tuning, and um, it's like do what you have to do to just to be happy. Like don't, don't just like live, live in secret sadness because you're afraid of how other people are going to perceive you. I, I don't. Well, it's I, just going to make you break down more eventually. Yeah, it's not going to help. My whole life, though. I mean, it's just my personality type. I've always worn my emotions on my sleeve. I've been very raw and open with everybody. It's just always how I've been. And I just know that's not how certain people are. Some people are very closed book. They don't want people to know a lot about them. And I don't know. They just tend to live. I mean, to people like that, I would definitely be like therapists are your best friend at that point. You know, like if you don't feel comfortable going out there and speaking on a podcast or speaking to even your close friends, like, you know, that's what a therapist is out there for is to put those feelings out there and to, you know, 
to feel like you have an outlet, um, exactly. even a journal, like yeah. a journal helps Journals, a lot too. Yeah, journal writing. There's you know. a lot of more options, I think, also coming out with therapy now. I mean, mm -hmm. I know that there's, it's very expensive for some, but we've heard that there's kind of, there's community therapists, there's mm -hmm. different, like depending on your income level, there's different ways that you there can get help as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. To, you know, and I mean, that's the whole point of the podcast for sure is to, to get rid of that stigma and to get rid of that idea mm -hmm. that you have to live with this in fear of feeling different you know we're all biological we aren't machines no. you know we're not built to precise you know specifications no one is there is something different about every single person <laughs> even yeah. twins you know so yeah. it's like there is something different about everyone so we all you know, have mental health yeah, in some yeah. Aspect. absolutely so it's like you there is we are all struggling with something and, and multiple things, you yeah. know, like we all have different things, you know, so don't feel like that makes you different in yeah. the aspect of that makes you like insignificant or, you yeah. know, unimportant. Yeah. Um, we, we are all dealing with things and that makes you normal. That yeah. makes you normal if you're dealing with yeah. something because exactly. we all are. <laughs> yeah. And, Absolutely. And, and to follow with your question of like, what would I tell somebody like, there may be somebody listening out there that always thought of OCD in a very specific way. Like you see in a lot of the shows and the movies, like somebody who can't step on cracks or somebody washes their hands so their bleeds monk till they bleed yeah and those are all very real but that is just a very small yeah. not small but that's like a very specific type it's of OCD. very stereotype yeah and, and the reason you see that in movies and shows is because it's the easiest one mm -hmm. to portray in an entertaining and interesting way on film right like mm -hmm. it's hard to the ones that deal with the obsessive part of the mind are hard the closest I've ever seen to that is the movie As Good As It Gets. That's the oh, most relate. Yeah. That's the most relatable I've ever seen. He has the other ones. They kind of put it all on him. Yeah. So yeah. he has the washing the hands and not stepping on cracks. He has this like honesty thing where he'll say the dumbest stuff to the girl he cares the Just most like, about. Dude, stop. Yeah, he'll say the <laughs> dumbest stuff to the girl he cares the most about. And I'm like that. They nailed that, and yeah. they don't really get you in his head as much. But but the way that that particular. So you're scene, more on the as a, as the audience member you're more on the side of the person being told those things on like you're not hearing his thoughts you're just like hearing them outwardly yeah yeah and you're yeah. just like dude what are you, you doing yeah <laughs> and i know before he says the dumb thing to helen hunt he probably spent days thinking about the thing that he said to her and he he knows when he says it he knows it's gonna hurt her and she's gonna get upset but he can't help himself and he does it anyways yeah. mm -hmm. so he has a little bit of everything but at the very beginning i never answered your question about the different types of ocd so if there's somebody listening it'd be like there's i don't have them all memorized but i know That's there's right. the yeah. some of the subcategories that they they tend to you know say like and you can have multiple of these but it's there's checkers is a type of OCD, and that's the people who obsessively worry about, um, like, did I turn my son off? Did I tear the, turn the hair dryer off? To the point, though, when I say when I say it's like a problem, it's not just like, huh? Like everybody will wonder that sometimes. Mm -hmm. I I have to go back up the stairs, lock, like check if I locked my door, and I might have to do it a second time. Yeah. Okay. And then with there was one time when I left my my hair cur I thought I left my hair curler on, and like plugged in, and it ate I, away I, me. I've all driven night. back like, from oh, work. I'm gonna, like I'm gonna because my, I thought my, I left my apartment's, my apartment's gonna burn down. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna hurt someone, and it it. It wasn't even that. It was just like, this is wrong. This is wrong. You have to go back. You have to fix it. You just have to fix whatever is the issue. Just fix it. So you went down, the, you were going down the stairs and you had to go back up to check, right? Yes. And then you did it once and then you're good? Sometimes I have to do it twice. Okay, twice. Yeah. That's So yeah, again, I'm not a psych, I'm not going to diagnose, but but the, the, there's certain people who will have to do that maybe 10 to 12 times, um, and it's after they've gotten to work. So they have to get yeah. in their car and drive 45 minutes home, check the hairdryer. They get that. back to work and they're like... Oh man, I did. Even though they know they did it, they yeah. still doubt. It's 
Uh, one of the nicknames for OCD is actually called the doubting disease. I oh. actually started recording my for that voice. Reason. I started recording it because I do that with oh, my interesting. Um, with my door, like uh, the door yeah, as the well. Door. I will I'll lock my door, and I I have a phrase that I say. I'm not going to say it on air because it's actually <laughs> explicit. And I did that on purpose because then you'll know you because know. I don't say that word outside of that. And then yeah. I record it, and then I as I'm checking the door, and then when I walk away, and I'm like, oh man, is that. Is, did I lock my door? Mm -hmm. I'll play it. And I'm like, I look at the time code and I'm like, yeah, I did. That's genius. That's I, I had something similar. <laughs> this was never one that was a, a big problem for me. It was just like more of like the normal, um, the door checking at night. I would go lock the door and I'd get, I'd get back to bed and I had just done a few minutes before and I really would wonder like, did I, did I lock yep. the door? Mm -hmm. So what I started doing and this, for me, this worked. you find these little tricks is when I, at the moment of locking the door, I would think of the most, I would like whatever random words came in my head, like, you know, giraffe stripes or something, you know, or, or make up a word like, um, flammabagoo or something. <laughs> and then uh, while I'm locking the door, I would, I would consciously have those, those words or thoughts in my brain. And then when I got to my bed, if I de if I was like, did I lock the door? And I could remember, I'd be like, it was something that you wouldn't forget. I'd be like, yeah. oh, flammabagoo. That's right. Yep. <laughs> That's why I did an explicit <laughs> word because it's something I wouldn't say otherwise, right, and right. I wouldn't just like shout. You know, it's right. not like it's a regular word. So it, when I record it and I look at the timestamp, I'm like, I would have not had said that word. Yeah, yeah. yeah. While Association I'm that door. with words yeah. is supposed to be helpful in every aspect, yeah. from names yeah. to remembering to because, just memory. And I I started doing that because there was a time where I started driving to work and I was. Like, oh no, not this thought. <laughs> Please yeah. no. Cause now I'm going to be at work the whole time thinking about mm -hmm. whether I locked my freaking door. Yeah. <laughs> and like that's, you know, it's a little bit okay if I don't have something important in there. And that's actually been a waste that I've thought about it. It's oh, like, yeah. well, I have my laptop on me, yeah. my PlayStation's at work. So really, if someone broke in, I'm not that bad. Like it's yeah, okay. Sorry, suckers. Yeah. yeah. So, but like there's yeah, been times where I left my car. and stuff there, and I'm like, I got to check because if someone steals my laptop, like I'm done, like my life is just done. <laughs> so, yeah. but thank you so yeah. much. This was awesome. A lot of really relatable stuff and like a really cool journey. So thank you so much. For, yeah, no so problem. I wish we had more time. That. Now I see, as I listen to some podcasts and I'm like, man, they really, they went for four hours. Like, now I <laughs> get it. Cause I'm like, I'm like, oh, I feel like there's so much, much more I didn't get to talk about. But yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. But I, I very much appreciate it. Yeah. And it, I know there were some things that we were like, we want to talk about that, so <laughs> we'll talk about that. My well, favorite part, though, is the way you described your family and how everyone jokes about their issues and how everyone has their own individual mental health thing that they kind of they work through, and I really like that, and you all kind of balance together. I think yeah. humor, I mean, that, that was one of our big things with the podcast mm -hmm. was, like, having humor with it because it's, again, it's, it's, it's a normal thing. Humor and to it's, learn. Yeah, being unique and understanding that, like, you know what, like, Life is funny. I don't know. I'm kind yeah. of a subscriber to absurdism. <laughs> you learn how things that you think are so unusual that you're going through. And when you when you put it out in the world, you see if you find 50 other people. They're like, hey, I also have this crazy, bizarre <laughs> yep. thing. To, yep. to, like earlier, you did too. that. Too. that yeah. yeah, I thought the, I thought the whole thing of me mentioning like. Me went going through a short phase in my teens of wondering if I was gay. It's pretty unique, I thought. And then yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, I had that too. I was like, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it was such yeah. like, yeah, that was one of the weirdest conversations I've ever had because it was like telling someone something that it's like, <laughs> I know what you're going to say. <laughs> 
But yeah, no, <laughs> you think you do. I think, People but I don't you. know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You've provided us a really relatable conversation. I think that even people without OCD will relate to and understand, and hopefully, people with OCD can really relate to and get help. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, thank you guys. It's great. I'm happy to come on anytime. Yeah. Um, yeah another episode. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, and thank you all yep. for listening. I want to go uh, talk about our tea real quick, uh, just to kind of button that up. So we had Chap Hop today. This this is from T Spectral. You can go to tspectral.com slash mental and you can get your uh, mental and you can get 10% off your purchase. Thank you to Comedy Pop-Up and Paul. Yes. Thank you so much. He's sitting there like, yup. (laughs) And also, please, this is not just a podcast. This is also a discussion. Please send us your questions, comments, concerns on mentalitytalk at gmail.com. Any questions you have about this conversation, too, and how we can elaborate on it. If you get some of those, can you share them with me? I'd love to. If we have any questions for him, ask us and we will will answer them. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a podcast episode where we do after hours question answering. Yeah. Yeah. I I would love to do that. Q&A if there were enough people yeah, people yeah. Have questions, that would be and uh, you can also check us out at Instagram and Twitter at twi- Twitter Tw- I don't know why I said that's so weird <laughs> uh, and Facebook at Mentality and thank you so much for thank listening you so much.